Hi. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you too. Here we are. It's been a couple weeks. At least. It has been. It's been uh, two. More. No, we did one the week before. Although we did it earlier in the week, so it feels like two. I have no idea. More than two full weeks. Yeah, but last week I was in Vegas. Gone, yeah. I was gone, and then the week before was just crazy, crazy town up at the Capitol. Yes. Or as we like to call it, the Montana Ledge. <laughs> yes. It continues to be crazy. April was absolutely a crazy month. Uh, six more days? Yeah. And for me, really not, because I'm going to Seattle on Sunday. So. Oh, really? You're done? <laughs> You've reached the end? You're like, I'm done with you I people. figure they can handle themselves the last week. Um, we really, all of our primary legislation has already worked its way through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, really, all that's left up there is the budget, Medicaid expansion, which died today. We can talk about that in a bit. Um, and a few other things, study resolutions and whatever. So I had a work trip to go to Seattle, and I'm looking forward to it. Good. I'll be gone Sunday through Wednesday, and then I'll be here for the last two days of the session. Good deal. Yeah, but yeah. it's been a crazy couple of weeks, and so it has I'm been. sure we have a lot to catch up on. Yeah. So what did you do while I was in Vegas? Uh, what week was that? Last week. Not the past five days, but the five days prior. I passed legislation. There was a lot of legislation that actually was passed <laughs> while I was down in uh, yeah, thanks uh, a lot. Vegas. Thanks for leaving. Yeah, well, it, I had to go down. I was at the National Association of Broadcasters, and there was a lot of alcohol that had been shipped in that I had to take care of. Oh, of course. And, so, and how was Vegas? Let's start there, because we'll um, get to the legislature. Vegas was fun. National Association of Broadcasters is always really cool, because basically it's just geek fest. Mm-hmm. You just walk around for nine days with a nerd on. It's great. Um, is that like a hard-on? Kind of, but different. It's in your mind. <laughs> it's okay. it's basically just your wallet gets thinner and thinner because of all the stuff that you're going to buy. Is there anything new? Like oh, yeah. new technology um, that people who aren't total nerds would understand? Um, yeah. Basically, um, a company that we do a lot of business with, Blackmagic Design, came out with a uh, new camera that's 4K. So it's four times the resolution of 1080p. Which is HD. Um, So basically, it's a film camera, but it's a little tiny thing. It's about the same size as this box, which, of course, the people that are listening to this can't hear, but it's basically, uh, well, go to blackmagicdesign.com and look at it. It's the 4K camera. It's, yeah, it's really tiny and it's really cool. And you can mount really huge lenses on it. So basically, it just becomes the end of the lens. (laughs) And this is what an average consumer would buy? Yeah, it's only $4,000. And okay, Only? so that's not you know yeah you're going oh well that's a that's a lot of money but considering that the next cheapest 4K camera is like sixteen thousand dollars and that's not including batteries or lenses and this thing's got a battery built into it wow and a lens mount so you can use just about any lens in the world it's really cool so um, there's that they also came out with a little tiny pocket cinema cam that just films in HD you know and I love just saying it just films in HD knowing that three years ago I was still at SD on tape right. suffering through hell. And uh, it, it literally fits in your pocket. It's about the same size as an iPhone. And uh, is full that what HD. Marnie was there for too? Uh, no, she was down there three days before. I don't know what she went down there for okay. because she left on Sunday before NAB started. Mm. So I didn't get to see her. We like crossed planes or some shit. Okay, but so. it was National Broadcasters. Yeah, National Association of Broadcasters, okay. NAB, NAB. And we got tons of crap. Like, if you need pens, oh my god, I have pens. <laughs> <laughs> you also won something. I did. I won an iPad Mini. How'd you do that? Um, one of the vendors was just giving it away. You have to watch a presentation and then be back at their little thing at 5 o'clock. And I was back at their little thing at 5, and they drew a name, and the person wasn't there. And they drew a second name, and that person wasn't there. And then they drew my name, and I was like, ha Yay! And they're like, here's your box. I was like, thank you. That's awesome. And... um 
I actually, <laughs> it was kind of cool. Um, so I gave one to you my mom. You don't have an iPad mini? Oh, I did. Oh, you do? Um, I had two for a while, and then I gave one to my mom. That's so. nice. I still think it should have been mine, but uh, your mom can have this one. <laughs> next, next one I win. Next technology thing you win. Well, actually, yeah, we'll I'm talk about that. It. We'll talk about that after the show. Um, but yeah, Did you do anything personally fun? Um, yeah, well, so NAB only goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I could have just Monday through Thursday. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's draw everything right. out that we could uh, say in abbreviated form. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> thanks for playing. Um, yeah, it just goes Monday through Thursday. Uh, and Thursday, like generally you can get through and it's huge cause it's the Las Vegas convention center. It's all halls, all floors, which is a massive, it's millions of square feet. It's massive. Do your feet hurt? Oh my God. They were horrible. <laughs> um, and my Fitbit, I have never had better stats. Like climbing the mountain doesn't even come close to going to nap. Absolutely. Um, which was funny. Um, but that ended on Thursday and I normally I would have come back. On, on Wednesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't because Garbage was playing on Friday. And so my friend Susie flew down on Thursday. Uh, she got in late that night. I greeted her at the shuttle with the <laughs> big bucket of booze. <laughs> and uh, and then we went and hung out all day on Friday, which was really cool. And then we went to the Garbage concert, which was awesome. Just fantastic. Which venue? Um, at the Pearl at the Palms. Nice. Um, great, great space. And um, they need some work on their video stuff. I really want to go down there and talk to them about it. <laughs> Get yourself a job in Vegas. Yeah, no reason. And um, so, yeah, that was awesome. And then Susie flew back on Saturday. I flew back on Sunday because that was the next Allegiant flight. But I should have, yeah. If it, if Garbage hadn't been performing, I would have come back on Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, two days at that show is enough. I usually get everything that I need out of it then. And um, it's a Where lot is the to take in. Convention Center. Uh, the Las Vegas Con- Convention Center is off the strip, but it's basically um, it's by the Las Vegas Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get there by the monorail. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super easy to get to. That's nice. Um, and it was, it's a fantastic venue for something this massive. And massive it is. The first party, like on Sunday night before NAB even started, uh, Black Magic had an event and it was at Tau, which is the nightclub at the Venetian. Mm-hmm. And Very nice. they had to have spent $200,000 on it because it was open bar. They had food. Open bar. Open bar. Oh, yes. My gosh. Open bar. Oh, I gosh. was delightful. And it wasn't like they just had shit liquor either. Right. No, it was good stuff because mama was having double makers and ginger. How did you get into that? Like, do uh, you have we're, to. We're a bender. Okay. So we work with them all the time. Mm-hmm. So we were invited. It was delightful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty impressive. And I was pretty licked. <laughs> So some of your colleagues went down with you? Um, actually, Marty was down there as well. He went down early because he wanted to visit his uh, nephew and his uh, son and daughter were down there. So they had a little family trip beforehand, and then he was there for just Monday and part of Tuesday, and then he came back, and uh, which was fine because he goes down. He goes down for the sales side of things. Like he's not a nerd, mm-hmm. and and the sales side of thing is really easy. You do that at the beginning, and then you just kind of wander around. And he's always confused. He sees stuff and it's very impressive, and then I ask what it does, and it's not as impressive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. And. You know, so he had a good time and he learned a lot of things. And then I have to go in and I actually spent a lot of time with vendors learning specs and how things work and that sort of stuff and, and like sitting them down and going, okay, this is what I see happening and this is 
what we're running into for problems when we're using your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of tech support that happens and I get to meet the people that are involved. And it's nice to be able to put a face with these people that you've dealt with on the phone or via email. Absolutely. And that makes a big difference in how you're able to do your job when you're going out. And, you know, one of the things that I do is in working with all these schools, is I basically am their tech support. They call me first. Mm-hmm. And so I need to know it. And usually I do. So... It works so well. you're the annoying guy at the booth who's uh, monopolizing mm. the person's attention while other people are trying to come up and get free shit? No, I'm pretty good about making sure that they know when I'm going to show up in advance and I schedule it. So I'm not monopolizing somebody's time that isn't expecting it. Okay. Um, I do monopolize people's time, but they know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the person that just randomly shows up. I mean, I did that to a couple vendors because I couldn't get a hold of people. Mm-hmm. But they weren't people that I needed to spend like hours with. There were only three vendors that I needed to spend anything more than like 20 minutes with. And, um, and there was one other vendor that I didn't expect to spend a lot of time with, but he had so many interesting, cool things to show me. I was like, Oh, okay. Show me more. Nice. (laughs) So it was a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff going on and you know, technology is advancing so fast in the industry and it's always gone fast. But think about this. We had the same TV resolution basically from 1973 until, uh, 2004, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a heck of a long time to be stuck with one look Mm -hmm. and then since then we went to 720p and now we're at 1080p and the 720 was just an interstitial stage for people you know but now most everything that you get is full hd well now they're wanting to go to 4k which is four times the size and you know everybody's been like well we don't have any way to display it Sony came out with a display it's 62 inches it's 4k so it's effectively four um hd screens combined together but you know of course it's seamless and uh, it's $6,000. And that's a ridiculous amount to spend on a TV for an individual. Mm-hmm. But know that the HD screens that were that size two years ago were six grand. Absolutely. And this, the resolution is four times as much. It's like, it's what does that even look like? Very pretty. It's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, and here's the big thing like old films that they still have the film that they can actually cut a new, um, mm-hmm. they can do a new scan of and get. Like um, the original Star Wars or um, the 2001 A Space Odyssey, anything that was filmed on 72 millimeters, they can actually get a really pristine print of, and you'll be able to see it as it was shown in those original theaters, but it's digital, which you haven't been able to do. And Mm -hmm. people don't realize how much of a difference it makes to actually see things in that quality, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's astounding. Wow. So there was that. There was a lot of drinking. On Thursday, I realized... Um, you know, I talked to Susan. She's like, yeah, I'm coming in. I'm a little bit licked on the plane. I'm like, all right, great. As long as I, as long as you're going to catch up. And at that point I realized that I hadn't had a beverage that didn't have alcohol in it since the f- previous Friday. <laughs> Damn girl. And I was like, Oh, had you eaten Irish. anything? <laughs> oh, I'd eaten a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> Eating was not a problem. Got to go to KGB, which is my favorite place for burgers in the whole world. Mm. Um, Carrie's gourmet burgers, which is right in the bottom of Harrah's. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lamb burger. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, can't recommend it I enough. have to say that the best um, sort of Mexican restaurant I've ever been to was in Las Vegas. Really? Not traditional Mexican, but like the most delicious guacamole. And then everything else was pretty delicious, too. It's pretty traditional, but I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it's in the MGM. And it was the best guacamole I've ever had. Really? Las Vegas. And again, I'm kind of a food connoisseur because I travel a lot to lots of different places. Like, for instance, if you go to any city, I can probably tell you where I think the best sushi is. Um, But by far the best guacamole I've ever had was in 
a restaurant in the MGM in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. interesting. See, now I went, and this is the one thing that I did this week because I, you know, of course the show ended on Thursday, but I really didn't go over to it because I had nothing to do and I had already collected all the crap and nobody was giving away any more iPads. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were giving away a GoPro, but eh, whatever. Um, I just decided I was going to walk up and down the strip, which I've done before. The last time I did it was the was a time in Vegas. I think it was my cousin's wedding. And it's intense. Yeah, well, it's eight miles. Yeah. It's a long walk. It and is, um, But I had been heat. walking everywhere, and I was like, and it wasn't that hot. That's the other thing. It was only like 70 degrees. It was yeah. perfect. And um, I went to Vegas once in July. Oh, God. And at night, it was still 100 degrees. And that was the only time we could walk the strip because it was at least cool enough to walk but it was so hot and we walked practically the whole strip that they had like boys on the side of the road with like selling water Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it was just like windy and dusty and hot and so you were just you came back to your hotel room and you were just like covered in like a layer of soot yeah (laughs) but it was so hot but yeah vegas is weird because a couple times i've been there the weather wasn't great and then sometimes it's so hot yeah well, but then when you I was go there inside and... and the air conditioning is so high that you freeze to death so <laughs> yeah. did you have sun this time or was it we cloudy did have again? sun it was it was beautiful a couple of days like the first day was cloudy but it was it was still 65 that would be fine yeah. i would have sat by a pool and read a book at 65 when i was there in january and it was 30 right <laughs> it was like no cannot sit by the pool i actually have to wear pants <laughs> so did you sit by a pool i didn't i didn't have time i didn't have a book either to read although i could have <laughs> popped out one of my three ipads i had with me exactly <laughs> so anyway um yeah i i walked the strip and uh had actually went into hotels that i hadn't been in before i went into the mgm just to see what it looked like Impressive. Mm-hmm. Went into Wynn and Encore. Beautiful, beautiful hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. Good. Yeah. What's your favorite hotel on the Strip? Um, like, in like what way? Like when you walk in and you're like, oh, this is gorgeous. Um, Bellagio. Definitely. I mean, the Venetian is pretty, but it's still kind of, eh, it looks like a knockoff of the Bellagio. Like, it doesn't look like it's quite as well done. Mm-hmm. And the Palazzo is just an extension of the Venetian. Um, but the Bellagio is just, and you walk in there and it's everything that Caesars should have been. Mm-hmm. And I think Caesars, it's interesting because Caesars now owns so many of the other hotels and they're doing so much to renovate that. Um, I think that Caesars will actually catch up to it very soon. Yeah. Last and I like time the I was in Vegas, I stayed at Caesars and, you know, it needed some work. Hmm. When was the last time you were in Vegas? Two summers ago. Uh, yeah, it doesn't need work anymore. It's yeah. pretty beautiful. Oh, that's they, good. They finished all the renovations on the I'm, rooms. I, I have stayed at many of the hotels on the Strip. I stayed at the Mandalay Bay about two months after it first opened. Oh, wow. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I stayed actually at the gorgeous. Mandalay Bay right before it was torn down when it was back the when it was the Hacienda. It was a <laughs> shithole. <laughs> no, it's really nice. I mean, it's at the end of the Strip, so yeah. sometimes people don't even like think about staying there but it's really nice and i've always loved the uh, pyramid one just because it's so weird luxor and they actually redid the inside so i think it looks really cool obviously the bellagio is the prettiest yeah I, when i stayed there i was staying with some friends and we had one of the suites which was an ungodly amount every night but i wasn't paying for it so i don't care yeah um it was sweet it and like phenomenal um, but the hotel itself is actually really cool and the regular rooms are very nice too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if, if that's the choice that you're going to make, I think next time I go, I want to stay at Caesars just because I've never stayed there and it looked nice. The rooms are nice. So 
That was good. Yeah. And the garbage. Shirley Manson is a machine. I'm sorry, but they played for an hour and 40 minutes. Wow. She took like five minutes to thank everybody and talk for a little bit, but they were rocking the entire time. And that's just an amazing amount of work. It was Mm -hmm. awesome. Awesome. And it played great songs (laughs) because all they have is great songs, but cool. So that was good. Good. And then I came back. Oh, no. In the middle of the week, all of a sudden I get this text message from my mom. SB 107 passed. And I was like, uh, actually, I have to look. I have to call up the, the I'm, this is why I left my phone in my pocket, because I was like, eh, I've got to look this up, because it kind of cracked me up. Because, where is it, where is it, where is it? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Oh, for the love of Pete. Can't be that far. I texted her yesterday. Why can't I find this her? This is why there I clean is. out my inbox. I just leave them in here because we talk forever. Okay, so yeah, SB one oh seven passed sixty four thirty-six. I turned cuffy. Cuff? Cuff? C U F F E. Oh, Cuff. Mike Cuff from Libby. Right. So she apparently talked to him and asked him to vote for it. So nice. that was her turn. Good and job, I was Mom. Like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, How did you turn cuffy? She goes, My charming personality, of course. <laughs> I was like, she threatened to kill him. She did. She said, I'm the mom of a gay son and you're gonna do this. And then the next day I, I get one oh seven past third reading, I'm like, Yay. And then that was it. That's awesome. And yeah. it was it was so weird because it's the middle of the day and all of a sudden I get this text message. And I've been getting text messages from people that are like, Are you gonna stop by the booth? Blah 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 blah. You know, and moms comes in. Now the booths are all numbered. And but they're also lettered, so there's like South Hall or South Lower SL, and right. then the number, or South Upper SU, or North Lower North. And you weren't consumed with right. the legislature, so you thought right. So I get this thing else. SB 107 passed. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, oh, the madness back in Montana that I had left behind. <laughs> I see. That's nice. <clears throat> so that was really cool. And um, you were here for that. I was here. You I were, was working it. Were you up in the... I flipped a the... few too, Mom. Oh. Do tell, do tell. Anyways, but it was funny because the day I was standing outside the house floor. So um, Monday, well, and we'll get to the bill I was working on too, but Monday SB 107 was blasted after they had done second and third reading. My bill was on third reading that day. That's ah. why that's important. So they did, uh, they passed my bill, 5842, um, the first day. Is that three-something, 386? 306, Senate Bill 306. Um, And then directly after they did the blast motion for Senate Bill 107, that passed um, with 61 votes, I think, something like that. Yeah, Um, yes. It was 61 or 62 the first time. It was right on the edge. Yeah, so, and you needed 60, 60 got 61. Yeah, yeah. So we were working that all day and I was there for the blast motion and it was very emotional and very exciting. And then the second day when we were doing second reading, we were working it hard. There was a bunch of us who were outside the um, house floor the whole morning talking to people. And part of what happened is that once the Republicans realized that Senate Bill 107 was going to be up on the house floor on second reading, they um, took out their strategy that they'd been holding back thus far this session, which was they tried to amend it so that it would say, so it wouldn't take out the statute as it is. It would just say non-consensual sex between people of the same sex would be a felony. So we especially had to work that because we had to talk to Republicans and say, this is why you shouldn't keep the statute on the books and say this thing, because basically what you'd be doing is saying that 
any same-sex contact that's non-consensual is automatically this serious felony. Whereas if I'm a woman and somebody does that same contact to me and they're a man, it's a misdemeanor. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was basically like our talking point is like rape is rape. You don't want to just create more unconstitutional laws on the books. But so we were working that really hard. And um, a couple other lobbyists, obviously, Nikki Zupanik and Abigail St. Lawrence and a couple others were lobbying. And I was right outside the House floor for about two hours before that. And I saw your mom. And that's when we talked about the iPad. (laughs) And um, it was great to see her there working it, too, I guess. Um, so on second reading, they moved the amendment. Um, it failed because we were able to talk to enough Republicans ahead of time to make sure they understood what it really did. And then they got into the meat of the bill, and that's when um, Steve Gibson spoke really eloquently. He spoke both on the blast motion and on the bill, and that's when the um, Dwayne the, Ankeny. the famous yes. Dwayne, Dwayne Ankeny speech happened. And I was, of course, in the gallery watching the whole thing play out. And, you know, I mean, when you're a lobbyist, you do a lot of sort of orchestrating things behind the scene. So we knew who was going to talk and all that kind of stuff. And we knew who we didn't want to have talk. And, um, of course, there were some unexpected things that happened. But I talked to Dwayne right before he went on the floor. And I said, hey, Dwayne, this thing's going to come up. You know, do you need any talking points? Because I had worked with him on Senate Bill 306. He's the one that carried that bill Mm -hmm. on the floor for me the day before. And Dwayne's like, I don't need any talking points. Right? That's how he talks. I don't need any talking points. I got Uh, my own talking points. His quotes the paper. Okay, (laughs) right? So the funny thing is that we have no idea. I mean, I've been working with Dwayne closely for the last couple weeks. And he... And my bill was about, like, protecting same-sex relationships when there's violence, right? He's carrying that bill. Nowhere along the way does he say, my daughter's gay, I'm happy to do this. There's sort of no indication of this. And most people don't even know. Um, So we're watching from the gallery, and it's this hateful stuff. You know, Hagstrom, seconds before uh, Ankney had asked Bryce Bennett, what is the purpose of sex? on the house floor. And then he did his whole pen analogy, which I'm sure you've read about how he said a pen has, you know, both a primary and secondary purpose. So, and when he said that and he said, it's deviate, blah, blah, blah. Democrats like reacted. There was moaning and groaning on the floor. And it was just like, and Bryce Bennett basically turned around and was like, okay, everybody calm down, you know? And right after that, I think maybe, I don't think anybody else spoke. And Dwayne Inkney gets up, and he sits at the very front. And so, mm-hmm. of course, you've seen the clip. He gets up, comes around, and he's able to, like, project out to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And he does the most <laughs> he ex- amazing speech. <laughs> he does the most amazing speech ever, completely. And I think what hopefully people who are, like, totally outside of this process and have watched that speech because it was, like, you know, on fire on social media. Like, everybody's seen it at this point. Um, but I hope people understand that that was completely unprompted. Like nobody talked it's to Dwayne about cuff. it ahead, ahead he of time. He didn't write it. Nobody knew that he had a, da- a gay daughter. Um, Which leads me to believe our research needs to be done a little better, but that's a whole different story. He also never, I mean, he never intended on speaking, you know? Mm. And the next thing you know, because he was overwhelmed by the conversation, because Wendy Warburton and others had spoke pretty you know horrendously about the issue he got up and did the most amazing thing ever and then as you're in the like gallery watching this i i was just stunned i was sort of teary-eyed and starting to cry and it was just so moving 
but I think I, I have been moved by it more as I watched it back. So in the moment I was still like so tense about everything that was going on that it was like, holy shit, where did that come from? And then rewatching it, I've watched it several times. It's really quite amazing. Like it was amazing to be there, but it's even as amazing to watch it because you get to see just sort of, I mean, I was pretty far away in the gallery mm-hmm. and the, the video clips of them are very up close And the thing is that to understand what the energy in that room was like after his speech, it was like absolutely a drop the mic moment. Like he, when he put the mic back in its holder, everybody should have just shut the hell up and they should have voted. But no, (laughs) that isn't what happened. Right. Jerry Bennett picks up the mic and he does his little speech and he's like crying about, you know, I'm sure what a lot of people responded to, which was this whole like God saves and da 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 da. But it was it was it's hard to explain how awkward it was to have something happen like Dwayne Angney's speech, and then Jerry Bennett still gets up and sort of says hateful stuff couched in Christianity. And then I don't think anybody else spoke. I think maybe just Bryce closed and they voted. And it was as soon as they voted, we all sort of. It was like hoots and hollers and hugs, and we had to sort of remove ourselves very quickly from the gallery because the security guards had already warned us ahead of time, like, when the vote comes down, we really need you guys to keep it in line and whatever. We understand this is really important. And then so as soon as the vote happens and we're all sort of leave the room, we're all hugging and everybody's crying, and we come downstairs onto the third floor, and I'm not kidding – Everywhere I went for the next 20 minutes, people were hugging and congratulating us. Business lobbyists, people who don't have any clue, you know, sort of what the struggle has been, but everybody knows there's something really important and monumental going on, are stopping us. And they did this both after the blast motion and then again after second reading. But it was incredible. Like that whole building was alive with people who were like, the time has come. This is about time. The only people that were uncomfortable was jeff laslafy and his crew and he was sitting right so sad for him he was sitting right behind us during the second reading and as soon as Dwayne ankney um started speaking he left and he went and hid somewhere i'm sure and started sending his you know hateful emails but it was incredible like that building has never been more alive except for this week when we had the signing ceremony like to be in that building that day as it happened was just remarkable and then you know, what, nine days later, we had an amazing bill signing ceremony yesterday, which by far, you know, hundreds of times over, it was the biggest bill signing ceremony they've ever had in that building for sure. Um, but it was, you were there and yep, filming I filmed it, it and it was just, and hopefully it'll be up on YouTube later today. And hopefully it captures just what it felt like to actually be in that it room. It doesn't. And it, that's, that's one of those things about filming. It's like, you know, we're limited in what we can do. We were originally right. going to do three cameras, but because where they were setting up, it wouldn't have gotten us another shot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way to do a shot from behind them because of where they were. That would have made sense. That wouldn't have been really strange. Right. And so you can't get a full pan of mm-hmm. everybody in the audience. You can get an idea. But, I mean, if it were something that, like, if we were putting together a documentary, I'd make everybody show up again and I'd, I'd have seven <laughs> cameras and say, we're going to do some awkward shots, deal with the people. Right. <laughs> because it's the only way to tell that story. But um, Well, I do think that some of the pictures and hopefully some of the clips, like, give you an indication as somebody who wasn't there, just how many people were there. Oh, yeah. You you, you get the idea of, of the magnitude, the mass, right. but you don't get an idea of 
the, the emotions, emotions that were rolling through. And, and, and it was interesting because I don't know that I've ever seen a signing that was started by a citizen that had sued the state. <laughs> Probably not. Um, that's got to be one of the other historic things. Because I mean, Linda Grison, who was part of the Grison v. Montana, mm-hmm. and obviously, hello, her name's on it. Right. Um, you know, she's the reason that it was declared unconstitutional, or she's the core of it. She mm-hmm. started it and was willing to put her name on it. And that's a long battle. Because that was 16 years ago that it was declared unconstitutional in this state. Right. And, and they filed like three years before that. So. Yeah. So, and it's, they were saying that it was, a, it's been a 24 year battle. And I'm like, good God, I was 16 when they started this. Mm-hmm. And it's just now being accomplished. That's fortitude. And that was also incredible as people who weren't there didn't necessarily understand that like the original Senate sponsor, the everybody who had ever carried the bill that could be there was there in terms mm-hmm. of all the times we've tried to get it changed in the legislative process. The attorneys who filed the Grison case were there. You know, I mean, it's just, it was historic. And Tom Facey did an amazing job. He did a wonderful speech and the governor did great and Linda did great. And, you know, the Ankney moment was wonderful. Yes. And just, it and, just, the whole thing was and just Ankeny incredible. And Steve Gibson both being there was great. Yeah. Ink knee, ink knee. We started cheering <laughs> yes. that at one point, but it really was just, I mean, it was like 15 minutes, but it was just like the well, happiest it's, it's 15 minutes. It's almost 30. Actually. I've never, I mean, I was looking around and my bill signing ceremony was right before that. And so, which I also have on video for you, by that's the way. awesome. And I have, um, uh, Jen Gursky and Sarah Laszlo nice. <laughs> video. But it was wonderful. Like, I mean, just to be in that building, you know, especially having something like that sort of culminate my time up there this session Mm -hmm. when you spend four months working. I mean, the last couple of weeks I've had several 11, 12 hour days up there and it just was like, this is the best day I've ever had in this capital. So my question is knowing that you got, uh, 306 and 107 Mm -hmm. and, um, how successful do you think the session was? Scale one to 10. I mean, because, you know, a scale of one to 10, the last session was a negative 642. Right. <laughs> well, that's what's remarkable because, I mean, obviously we had success on these two bills in a way that is literally 30 years in the making. You right. know, we've the partner family member assault statute that I've talked about endlessly that did pass. And, you know, uh, despite Jeff Lassifee trying to kill it. Um, that has been on the book since the mid eighties. It's been something we've been trying to fix for that long Senate bill one Oh seven equally long amount of time. So, you know, I look at it like this, there's sessions where we have like something we want to do and we lose something we want to do and we lose, but it's not sort of trying to fix a, a thing that's been wrong for a long time. Right. right. The level of sort of equality and justice in these two pieces of legislation, given the fact that it's taken so long to fix them. It's one thing when something's like not quite right and you're trying to fix it and you lose. Right. Or like when I look at reproductive rights stuff, they've been attacked. Like we have what's right right now. We have protections, whatever. They've been trying to attack that and take that away. And we've been able to keep them from doing so when we're able to keep them from doing so, those are huge wins, Mm -hmm. but it, Defense work, if this makes sense, defense work is actually easier than offense work, right? right. And this defense work, especially when work. you have a Democratic governor, is easier, right? We've been able to keep things from becoming law, whether it was immigration or reproductive rights or whatever. But proactive work is hard enough because making a change from something that currently exists 
is just hard. And most of the time when we have wins, they're really small. They're like, oh, we tweaked this thing. Mm-hmm. But these two things were like significant, progressive changes in something that has been hard as stone for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Right. So by far, this is the most successful session I've had up there. Now, it doesn't mean I got as much past as I got in other sessions or whatever. It's just like the significance of collectively what we were able to do together is way bigger than any, like this one win equals seven wins from other sessions where they're sort of more benign changes. Right. right? These are like, I was saying to somebody last night, the first week or so after Senate bill 306 passed, which we were primarily responsible for, um, I was more focused on how great it felt to win. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I won and I beat Jeff and I did this really important you thing. didn't use a bat right? because you're from the, the violence. So you're exactly. against the violence. So. so it was more about that sort of like sensation of winning and being in disbelief that that happened. And now this last few days, especially with the bill signing ceremony and just sort of it sinking in, what now has occurred to me is that like for, I've been doing domestic and sexual violence work for almost 20 years. And that entire time I sort of felt like I had this lack of integrity because I was doing this really important work, but there was this thing about it that I was really ashamed about, which is that our laws don't protect me or anybody else from this crime. Right. right? And for, 20 years, whether it's me doing a presentation or talking to people about what the law does or victims calling us and needing support, having to say, sorry, there's no protections for you. You know, sorry, there's nothing you can do, whatever. Somehow you're different than that person next door who would be being abused by their spouse. Right. That is like, you just, it's hard to have integrity when you feel that sort of, obviously I did the best I could with that system, right? but like, I never have to say that again. That's awesome. You know, I never have to tell somebody, no, you don't have protection or talk to cops about how they're going to sort of do a workaround with when they, you know, come into a violent home where it's two women or whatever. And I know it's like in the overall picture of gay rights, obviously my thing was this smaller piece and it doesn't recognize gay marriage. Like Jeff Lasselby said, all it does is say that, you know, no, if you and I are straight and we're being abusive towards each other, there's accountability. And if you and I are gay, and we're being abusive to each other. There's accountability. But for 30 years, there hasn't been that level of accountability. And I have a friend who, for instance, was in an abusive relationship with her female partner. And time after time, she would call the cops, just like any other domestic violence victim would, trying to get justice, trying to get this person out of their lives. And every single time, the cops would say, there's nothing I can do about that. And seeing it up close when it's your friend, you know, is intense because you've been doing this work for a long time. You see it happening to other people, but now it occurred to me, I'm like, we changed the law. People are now (laughs) going to be protected. And I don't have to say that thing anymore. That made me feel out of integrity. So when does that take effect immediately? Oh, it's not waiting until October 1st. Nope. Which is also great. So how did that happen? We intentionally did it. Oh, it's, is that same in SB 107 or is that waiting for the change? I don't know. I'll have to look. I mean, all I don't know, seven, Senate Bill 107, like, it's not like they were using it now, so I don't know if it's immediate upon passage, but ours was definitely immediate upon passage, partly because what we were trying to fix was that court ruling. Right, you know. that it was an unconstitutional because right. it was discriminatory, which was so funny. I love the fact that the reason that we basically got this passed is because some Baldwin. jerk who hates us... Mm-hmm. 
um, complained that we got unfair treatment because we were left out of a bill. So take that, Baldwin. And Laszlovy. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, wah. by the way. Oh, you... wait, wait, wait. Yes. Ready? Wah, wah. <laughs> if you want your blood to boil, you know how Jeff Laszlovy does his radio address? Oh, yeah. Familyfoundation.org. Oh, did he cry this morning? No, 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 no. Go back to last week and listen to his radio broadcast from Monday, I think. And he talks about both Senate Bill 306 and Senate Bill 107, and it will make you want to, like, violently vomit all over someone. Why? Because he's so disgusting about sort of the end is near because these two bills passed. And then You know after... what? The end is near. And the end is near for bigots like him to have right. any sort of political power whatsoever. So, yes, Jeff, I'm sorry. Your world is coming to an end. You might as well just hang yourself. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Use he, that crappy, over, ugly tie. Yeah. That hor- Did you see the tie he was wearing yesterday? Oh, it was horrible. Take that tie, tie it to a railing, jump. You'd be done. Be done. <laughs> you know, I would never recommend suicide for anyone else. But for you, mm, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so listen to those podcasts from him. It's pretty amazing. The day after 107, excuse me, the day after 107 passed, like on Monday... Because Senate Bill 107 was just like on second reading the next day. He was sort of still like, we can change these people's minds and this is a horrible thing and contact your legislator kind of. And after 107 passed, he just sounds so defeated. And then that's when he sounds sort of like the end is coming. Good. We're going to be the ones that are saved. All these heathens. Oh, you're not going to be the ones that are saved. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have this theory about Christ. He actually likes everyone except for the people who do the things that he told them not to do. Specifically, don't judge others. Especially not your gig, pumpkin. Not his, your gig. I think in his name. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. So that was the fun. victory of last week. Yesterday's that was the victory of yesterday, which was delightful. Was amazing. And then we all got a little tipsy last night. A little? <laughs> How long did you stay out? Because I was in um, bed by 11.30. I wasn't far behind you. I think I got home by midnight. Yeah. Um, but I had a... F- it was a great time. And you know what? It was funny because the toe is not a gay bar. Last night it was a gay bar. Yep. Well, it's gay bar on, a, on between the hours of 4 till 7.30 yeah, most days. We tend to be there. Yeah. Yes. Mm, well. Whatever. And the bartenders love us. Yes. Because have you noticed that they don't use the... Well, I'm not going to say it because I get them in trouble. But we get good drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Rialto is an amazing supporter of both, um, you know, the gay community here in Helena, the Montana Human Rights Network. They're very, very supportive. They have been. Yes. It's been great. So what else? What's coming up next? Um, the end of the session, you're going to Seattle. Yes. That's it. Did anything else interesting happen last week, or was it just those two bills? Because here's the thing. The being removed... Well, ooh, the budget. Being the budget removed, and Medicaid we still have to talk about. Oh, okay. Well, being removed, it was very bizarre because it's like you forget. And growing up in Helena, you're always around the political machines that are in the state because they're headquartered here. So I've always been sort of, you know, politics is always at the back, always at the back burner, but it's not that far back. Like you can always mm-hmm. get involved right away. And, you know, then you go away and it's like, oh, I'm forget politics. Yeah, well, <laughs> and so I'm you don't know what's going to on. Me next week. I, th- I think it will. You'll be in Seattle and you'll be like, well, plus, I, and basically it's over. Right. So, um, well, see, my thing is that every legislative session for the last six years is almost as soon as the legislative session's out, I fly to the um, Caribbean and go to a beach for a week. Mm. So in 2009, uh, literally like a week after the session, um, was done. I went to Punta or no, where did I go that time? Bahamas. 
And then tough at, life. <laughs> after Kelsey. the 2011 session, I went to Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. Oh, nice. Granted, these are lesbian t- trips, the Olivia travel. If you're a lesbian listening, Olivia travel is a great way to travel. But so both times I've landed on a beach for a week or longer right after the session. And how much alcohol do you have while you're on the beach? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> rum is amazing when it's really hot and you're in But why the is the ocean. rum gone? Yeah. <laughs> the rum is not gone. We've got more. Let right. me send a cabana girl. And now that I have a partner, I'm staying put. I'm not going to a beach. Oh, you're going to Seattle. Is but she I, going with you? No. Oh. But um, so Seattle is just a quick trip. I also am making a road trip to Salt Lake to see a friend. But the big trip I'm going on is like the second week in May, which is four days in New Orleans, mm. which will be work. But I have a really good time in New Orleans. Let me tell Everybody you. Everybody has a really good. If you don't have a good time in New Orleans, you're dead. New Orleans <laughs> is my favorite city. So I have a really good time. And then directly from New Orleans, I'm meeting Jen in Denver. And we're going to be in Denver for about four or five days. Oh, nice. We're going to the Red Rocks Amphitheater. Which have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. I have not, but I I've heard born it's in amazing. I went to Red Rocks in college. Yeah, uh, sophomore year, my second year in college. We went well, to we're going there. to see the Zach Brown Band, oh, nice. which is going to be fun. And then I'm home for a couple of days, and then I go to Austin. So instead of going to a beach, oh, I decided see Alex? to. I guess she does live there, doesn't she? Yeah. I forgot that. Hmm. Um, so instead of going hi. to a beach, I'm going to four different cities in four weeks. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be a nice change. I won't be tan, but at least I'll be disconnected from this oh world. Oh my God, you will be disconnected. Because I have to confess. It means we're not going to have a show, are is we? Is this confessional? <laughs> well, we might be able to like the two days I'm home, but um, <clears throat> not only am I spending almost 10, 12 hours a day up at the Capitol every day, but Zach and Jen would tell you that I also watch the legislature at home almost all the time. Well, it is your job. And you know, the thing is because is our leg- our legislature is only in for 90 days unlike most every other state that has the the continuous And things happen when you're not paying attention. Right. Well, the continuous legislature allows us to do things that would be much slower, but it would require all of these people to be here all the time. I don't want that. Right. So I'm, for those I'm okay 90 with days, 90 days it, my TV's it does on make channel 19 and when I'm not at the Capitol, I'm usually watching it because there's some hearing going on or this or that. I think it's actually really convenient because there's mornings where I don't want to bust ass up to the Capitol, so I just watch it from home. But I am sort of addicted to when I'm here, I'm very focused on this. So as soon as I leave, I want to just completely disconnect my brain from this process. Mm. And I will feel really good about the fact that I had such a big win. And now I just get to have fun for the next four weeks. Good. Yeah. I think it's awesome, too. I think that everybody who did work, I mean... Uh, Jamie and Kim at Montana Human Rights Network, uh, the ACLU with Nikki Zupanik, and everybody that helped out over there, and all of the people that were involved, you obviously, um, Sarah Rossi, Kim mm-hmm. Layton, the list goes on and on and on, and everybody who, um, the individual citizens who drove across the state to testify in front of a hostile um, committee to talk to their legislatures to call. I mean, Kim's mom mm-hmm. who emailed and called everybody mm-hmm. and um, didn't always get, you know, good responses, but took the time out of the day. That's the way the system works is you have to make your voice heard by actually using um, your voice. Right. <laughs> yes. And um, to all of those people. And, you know, I went up and did that too, but you know, it's, I'm one small part in it, but thank you to everyone who, took the time to do that because it is important. It is, you know, granted, it's just And thank you to the Republicans who stood up and said, it doesn't matter if we're going to get hateful phone calls and that somehow we're, you know, 
distancing ourselves from the conservative core of our party. They stood up and did the right thing. Like, look at those, you know, 1920, however many it ended up being. It was more like 25 um, Republicans who voted to pass Senate Bill 107. Right. Look at the all of them deserve cupcakes that voted for my bill. You know, and the thing is that you know they're still conservative. They're not going to be voting for gay marriage next week, but. They did the right thing. Well, and even if they could vote for gay marriage, it's a constitutional amendment. They can't do anything yet. Right. But you know what I mean. Like, they they didn't have to do the right thing, and they did the right thing. And some of them really did. Like, some of them, a couple others I want to mention, Representative Christy Clark from, um, like, Shoto, um, Representative Cook from Conrad area, um, Steve Gibson we talked about, Dwayne Ankney, and there were several others who significantly helped us behind the scenes. Um, Representative Schwaderer, Schwaderer, Nick, the Schwad, the Schwad. I'm sorry, Nick. I just call you the Schwad. So, well, that's what everybody calls it. He helped his a last lot. name is a Absolutely. So, there were a lot of Republicans who not only um, whipped votes and got us votes, but they um, really stuck their necks out with some of because some of them would be considered very conservative, you know. So, yeah. Mike Miller also yep. did a great job. So, I just want to thank them because I know how difficult it is to deal with the sort of party politics that happened up there. So can we talk about briefly the budget yes. and Medicaid? Yes. So what you other, want to do first? The, the budget or Medicaid? Thing, well, the other big thing that happened last week um, was the budget. It was in Senate finance and claims. And because I was asking for state funding for our programs, I spent a lot of time in there. So one night, that same Monday that my bill passed on mm-hmm. third reading, I was at the Capitol until 9.30 that night. Oh so Lord. I didn't even get to go out and like celebrate my win. I had to stay at the Capitol until 9.30. And that was your Senate punishment Finance for winning. Claims. Exactly. <laughs> we went out and had drinks the next night, I think. But I would have um, had... See, this is why I still think that we need to have a liquor cart in the Capitol. Because, oh, you know, seriously. you could... Like, literally, if they just said, here it is, we've got three scotches, two vodkas, and a rum, and all we do is sell shots for 25 bucks, you'd make a mint. Mm-hmm. You'd make a mint. <laughs> and a coffee cart. And if coffee they were in combined, the morning, drinks in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, drinks in the morning, coffee <laughs> to keep you going. <laughs> exactly. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so, anyways, long story <clears throat> short, the budget came out of Senate finance pretty healthy. Like, any attempts that Democrats made to add new money didn't really go well. Um, but overall, the budget came out really healthy, just sort of like it came out of the House, considering. But in the sort of final hours last Saturday, so Saturday was House Bill 2 on the Senate floor. Mm-hmm. And going into it, it had come out of finance and claims pretty normal. Nothing new, nothing surprising. Title 10 was still not in it. The last minute... Um, compromise in the Senate was that the, so there's this whole thing that went on too. Like you should go back and watch some of the clips with the moderate Republicans and the conservative Republicans, which Wittick ended up referring to as the crossover coalition. Right. And um, that was probably the was dumbest thing he could have done. cuffs on the floor of the Senate several times the last two Ooh, weeks. It's been interesting, but that was probably the dumbest thing he could have done because by giving them a name and giving them an identity, mm-hmm. they're going to do exactly what we as a society do, which is claim it and then use it against him. Stupid move. Dude. Exactly. So anyways, they struck a deal with the Democrats that in order to get Title X back in the budget, the Democrats would agree to this across-the-board vacancy savings, um, 500 positions, state employees. Right, which are all vacants now, so it's just you well, can't Well, that's hire. what people are 
being told, but it's not. I mean, so most of them are actual open positions, but because it was across the board, if you're in an agency that doesn't have any vacant positions, it's going to force you to cut a small percentage. So you might have to cut one or two staff. So that's the part that people aren't mm. sort of understanding. But generally, yes, it would just prevent state agencies from filling vacant positions. So anyways, this last minute deal happened. And then watching Saturday budget, it went from like, they were in recess for a couple hours, but it went until about 530 at night. And watching the conservative Republicans just try attempt after attempt to cut from the budget and fail. And then they're sort of closing speeches and whining about big government and da 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 da. It was just priceless. So the budget has gone through the whole process. The House had enough votes to approve the Senate's version. The whole reason they did that, usually they sort of try to go to conference committee and work out the details. Right. But they had enough votes in the House to send it straight to the governor because the governor is going to now probably either accept the bill as is or a mandatory veto things. And then he doesn't have to negotiate with the conservatives in the Senate. He would, um, you know, he's, he can just line out, he can just line out and veto sign that. Yeah, can't he? exactly. So if he decides that that's wrong, he's just, that's right. done and that's it. And they don't get to do anything unless, especially because oh. they're going to wrap up. Yeah. So anyways, so there's no more session and the, screwed. the crossover coalition, otherwise known as the reasonable Republicans and the uh, Democrats. We call, actually, mom has a new name for them. The it's the war party that we are the real Republicans. W A R R. Yeah. So they worked out a deal. It worked out well, the same sort of thing. And I just uh, would love an opportunity for people to actually understand this. Cause there's so much misinformation out there, but the same kind of thing happened on Medicaid expansion. So, obviously, Medicaid expansion. Um, well, it was originally, was it Senate Bill or House Bill 395? So, Senate Bill 395, they struck a deal to get Senate Bill 395 out of the Senate because they were obviously trying to kill that. And that happened two weeks ago. It went over to the House. They had a fake hearing where we all testified, and then Howard immediately, you know, shut us down and didn't even let the bill come out of committee. Meanwhile, House Bill 623, which was Bangor's original bill, which was supposed to just be more of sort of a reform insurance bill, um, they basically co-opted that and Buttery and Wands and Reed and some other Republicans worked to basically take 395 and put it in 623. So 623 has been the vehicle to get Medicaid expansion for the last week or so. Um the Senate passed it this week after, again, one of the most amazing second reading floor discussions I've ever seen because they had the rules committee that day and it was mm -hmm. a mess. And then the Republicans were fighting the whole time on 623 and eventually they passed it. So it went over to the House today and all the House. Well, it went over to the House today, supposedly, but then they couldn't find it and then it wasn't posted and then it was lost and then they found it. And then, and this is all in this morning, like the watching Twitter this morning was hysterical because it's like House Bill 23, 623. We don't even know where it is. Right. <laughs> so what happened with House Bill 623 <clears throat> is that the speaker has the ability to put Sorry. it wherever he wants it. Right. And he utilized something that I've never seen before, which he is he put it back in committee. So generally, it should just go on second reading, and they should be accepting the Senate amendments or sending it to conference committee. And instead, he referred it to House Human Services. So the vote today around lunchtime was to basically vote blast. against what the speaker... No, it wasn't a blast vote. It was to reject the speeder, mm -hmm. speeder, speaker's 
moving it to the committee. So it wouldn't have needed 60. Right. It just needed 51. And there's all this, 50, 50. there's all this stuff that's happened behind the scenes and the vote ended up going down 50, 50, but you know why? Because somebody mistakenly voted wrong. Tom Jacobson was supposed to hit no and, and hit. he hit, he hit yes. And all the other Democrats voted no and the Republicans and whatever. So had he voted right, talk about the biggest vote mistake of the century. He pro- punched <clears throat> in green and they can't change their vote because, you know, when you do the motion, Mr. Speaker, I'd like to change my vote. It won't affect the outcome. The only way you can change your vote is if it won't affect the outcome. So on a 50-50 tie, you can't change your vote. So it is the most important time for you to make sure you voted right. And he, and he screwed it up. And, and so 70,000 Montanans will not get yeah. coverage. And then they tried to reconsider and all this stuff. But by then, the um, people who are against Medicaid had lobbied a couple of Republicans and whatever. So it went down. 48-something on the second reconsider. And it's just ridiculous to me that like this thing was moving. My friends are working really hard on it. And because somebody effed up and voted wrong, it's now dead. And who knows, tomorrow it'll have a new life and something will revive it or whatever. But it's just crazy to me that, like, I can't even describe to you the hours that some people have spent on making this deal work. And then it fell on a somebody pushing the button the wrong way. <laughs> really? And now his face is all over oh, the place. The poor guy. That poor guy. I mean, I'm super pissed at him for doing it wrong, obviously. Everybody well, is. Yeah, but, but I mean at some level human error is yeah, it's possible. gonna happen. And you know what? The problem is is that when you're running that razor thin, human error is gonna cost you. Mm-hmm. That sucks. It so, it does suck. But it, the other thing is is that, you know, I don't think people understand exactly how it was going to be paid. The funny thing about it is is that the Republicans that are fighting against it are now going to make Montanans pay more into Medicaid anyway because Medicaid was only covered at, six, is it 65%? Mm-hmm. So 65% of the funding for Medicaid comes from the feds and the other 35% comes from the state. Mm-hmm. But with this Medicaid expansion, not only would it expand it to 70,000 more people in Montana, it also included 90% of the money would come from the feds. Not 90% just on the expansion, but 90% of Medicaid expenses would have come. So we would have saved 25% on what we are spending now. We are now effectively spending more of our own fucking money because the Republicans think we should be spending less because they can't do math or read. And that's pathetic. Well, I have a different understanding of how it works, but yes, I do think that either way we're going to end up spending more. And bottom line is people are going to go out without health insurance that really needed it. I was very personally attached to this throughout the process because like I've told you before, Mm -hmm. Jen doesn't have health insurance and she would under this, a working mom, two kids works very hard, owns her own home, but there's no way on her salary she can afford, afford health insurance and her employer doesn't offer it. And she would qualify under this and now she won't because they didn't do it. Uh, And being a small business owner myself, it's kind of, um, and to make matters worse, she's going to be required to have health insurance. So if you're a small business owner or somebody who's employed and not getting health insurance, in the next year or two, you're going to be required required to have health insurance. So you're going to have to buy it on the exchange. And this would have covered those people who are sort of in that gap where they can't afford health right. insurance, even on the exchange. Right. And What do we want them to do? What's, what's frustrating about that? Well, I've looked at it. The amount that I, I will have to pay as a fine is far less. It's In fact, it's less than one month of coverage. So I'll just pay the fine. Right. Sorry. <laughs> That's all there is to it. 
you know, and I'm talking with the IRS yeah, and my tax we need attorney. People to have health insurance. It's I know, it's, but it's ridiculous. But it's like we need to go to a single player plant. We need to, yeah. you know, there's a little, yeah. That's, that's a discussion we should have. <laughs> so, meanwhile, all of this was happening in Montana, and literally every day has been so interesting because one day we're having these huge wins, the next day we're having huge losses. It's just been a total freaking roller coaster to the point where the other day I was like in a two hour meeting at the Capitol and we were totally consumed with what was happening. We were working on some anti choice bills, and at some point, somebody like in passing was walking by me or something and they said something about Boston. And then a couple hours later, I like kind of, cause there's lots of TVs on at the Capitol and most of the time I'm watching hearings and it was mm-hmm. one of the days I'd been up there for like 12 hours. And then it occurs to me what's happening on that TV. So I'm sitting in this thing, like watching one of the floor sessions or something. And I decide to get on Twitter for the first time in a couple hours. And I'm like, Oh, so for the last six hours, I've been in this building dealing with this like complete chaos of the Montana legislature. I didn't even know that something happened in Boston, you mm-hmm. know, and even today it's like, okay, something's happening, but I don't even know because I'm so consumed with this. Yeah. You know? And considering how much we are news junkies, the two of I us, know, right? it's, it's amazing how much we, so missed. all this other stuff happened in the world this week that I <clears throat> wouldn't be able to tell you the details of. Yeah. <sighs> amazingly enough neither can the 24-hour news channels seriously it's pathetic Pathetic. this is when i wish that somebody would just like give me the abbreviated version abbreviated version there was a bomb two bombs went off at the boston marathon and they're they think they killed one of the people who did it and they're chasing the other one that's it is there any indication of why um no there's not at this point so you know, foreign or domestic? Uh, do, they're foreigners that had been here for a while, okay. as far as I know. But again, that is literally as far as I know. And anything beyond that is still speculation. They haven't released a bunch of stuff. It's just, you know, CNN has lost and its you know, mind. It's not only that, but it's like speculation on crack. Because oh, yeah. they it's have 24-hour news things to fill. And just like with the guy from Sandy Hook... They have so much time to fill that they come up with all these stories. The one thing I have seen that I haven't paid attention to is they're interviewing like every person on the street they can find to try to talk about stuff. And it's just like you're just trying to fill time and nobody really right. knows what's and happening. I, I would I would so watch any of the stations if they did this. We have nothing new to report. We're going to show you some good news. Right. And then show me some good news that's out in the world. Prove to me that right. the world isn't show falling apart. Yeah. Puppies. And then come back to oh, it and say, "This is what we see, actually know." Did you see the? the Ooh, let's come the, up with a name for that. Like, we'll we'll create our own news channel that's like, we're going to show you really good stuff wait, here, all of the yeah, time, yeah. unless there's something really important that you need to know, and we're only going to tell you what it is you need to know after we know it's true. Right after and we can verify go back to it with officials and flowers, and and, and you know what, we'll find a unicorn. We will hunt unicorns. Right, exactly. It will be the unicorn news. Do you network. know how many people will watch it? Will that? be UNN. Un. Yeah. Exactly. It'll be on news. The Unicorn News Network. The That's what we should do. We right. should do that. And, that. and we will talk about all the wonderful things that are going on in the world. Somebody helped someone across the street. Exactly. Somebody paid somebody for somebody's Somebody found groceries. a box of Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies right. in the back of the Gays cupboard that they no had not felons. eaten. <laughs> things like that. You know, exactly. That would be great. And then occasionally and then we'll periodically have we'll breaking say, and news. Here's, this is here's the horrible true. news that's, right. that's also going on in the world that we do feel that you need to know mm-hmm. because you have a right to know. But we're not going to bombard you with it. Right. Because we have better we're things to do with our day. We're going to respect people's privacy. Right. And at the end of the day, you're going to get the right... It's funny because you watch 
everything that's gone on with the news networks and, and um, Twitter and Facebook have been doing far better reporting. You know, citizen journalists have kind of lost their mind. But it's easy to filter out the idiots on Twitter because mm-hmm. it's, they're obviously idiots in 140 characters. They don't get to hide much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you see, like, the New York Post lost its mind. They had, they've, no, I can't even go into all the mistakes they've made. CNN's been just as far behind. And at one point there was a spoof that came out talking about, you know, what Wolf Blitzer was asking. Well, did he have a plate of hummus with him or do we know? No, Wolf, we don't know if he had a plate of hummus or any other or or delicious falafel at all. You know, it was, you know, it's just a spoof, but it's, that's literally the type of questions that were coming out of his mouth. It's like, you can't do that stuff. And how many people died? I don't know. That's just it. I don't know the details. Like, there's nobody who's done just a, a, a summation. This many people were injured. This many people died. This many people donated blood. This many. This is the hospitals that were they were dealt with. Because it's still chaos. It's still chaos. And you know, at that point, there's no news. It's literally just a, sl- a sideshow. And you know, here's the thing. If you remember your history, let's let's take it back to your history courses mm-hmm. in high school. I'm sure your history teachers at some point talked about what went on at the Colosseum in mm-hmm. Rome. You know, they had gladiators that would fight huge animals or fight each other to the death. And it's horrible and it's gory. Or you gory. can watch the Russell Crowe movie. Well, yeah, you can watch the Russell Crowe movie. <laughs> Same thing. Um, but it's horrible, it's gory, it's nasty. And there were cheers and crowds that did it and their bets placed and da-da-da. And I remember at one point... <laughs> my history teacher in 11th grade, Mr. Miller going, and we've evolved beyond that. And I immediately thought the hell we have, because if you look at the news, that's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We just don't have a Coliseum. We just, we have, just channels don't have to that feel bad through. about it. Cause we're not like doing it in person, watching it happen. Well, but sometimes. And, and that makes it worse. I think at right. least, you know, there was some honor in, I mean, one, they praised the gladiators. There was some honor in being a gladiator. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a horrible society, and they had slavery and a bunch of other things. I don't want to go into that discussion, but (laughs) they were at least in person doing it. Mm -hmm. They acknowledged what their carnal views were, and they embraced them. We don't, you know, but I don't think we're any less carnal. Mm. (laughs) So, eh. That's my but I still think week. that there's a group of the population, a uh, section of the population that would really like our TV channel that we're talking about. I think so too. I think it'd be very popular. We'll call it UNN, and mm-hmm. it's just the Unicorn News Network and periodic. <laughs> you know, we have um, Kim Layton, Jennifer Bagley, other people who love unicorns. It'll be great. Are you hearing you know, us? And, and and it'll be one of those. You know, we have puppies on there. There were some the cutest puppies. pictures went out. There was this little baby and a bunch of. French bulldog puppies. Oh. Did you see that? Mm-mm. It went out on Facebook and I was like, oh my God, the cutest thing ever. It's like 27 different pictures of this one little baby with these little tiny puppies. And the baby's tiny, but the puppies are tinier. Oh. And they're all curled up together and they're sleeping and napping and rolling I need over to and see shit. This. And it was like, oh my God, 27 of the most important pictures of the day. <laughs> and they were. And it was nice because it's like a brain cleanse. You get away from some of the rest of this horrible bits and pieces that are going on and it's one of the things that went around today was uh this image that was on fox news i think it was on fox news it might have been cnn i don't remember but what it was is that you know they're going after the bomber work and i think they said two people were killed or maybe it's three i couldn't really read the number but right underneath it on the news ticker said 27 people killed in a, a bomb in a coffee shop in iraq 
And it's like, you know, this happens all over the world all the time. There's so many worse places that it, you could live and so much carnage that people could be under. Mm-hmm. And we flip out over the dumbest things. Mm-hmm. We lose our shit constantly. And then we have to watch it. We have right. to watch it. Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would call it dumb. And you probably didn't mean dumb, dumb. But I do think that. Well, I'm not talking about the bombing being dumb. Right. We lose our shit over all sorts of other dumb yeah, shit all the time. Yeah, and I also think that we, when something like a bombing happens or when something horrible happens here, we do have a very sort of egocentric response, which is that we, like we have an egocentric response to everything. The most though. you know horrible thing that's happened anywhere ever. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like um, Eddie Izzard was died. pointing out. You yeah. know, uh, he was pointing out the the British do this as well. You know, it's like seven hundred and twenty three people were killed in the uh, earthquake, including two Britons. You know, it's like it's horrible because two <laughs> Britons died, seven hundred eighty right. whatever yeah. others, but. But yeah, I mean, generally we live in a fairly peaceful society. We do, and we have a lot. And we don't know what it would be like to be in a country that was constantly at war, that was at civil war, that was being attacked, actually attacked, that was, um, you know, like you said, that bombings were a regular occurrence, whatever. Like right. We just and don't we have just, a clue. We just don't get it sometimes. Nope. Uh, yeah. So the Unicorn News Network, we'll have to start Unicorn that Unicorn News Network. Let's U-N-N. do it. U-N-N. Sprinkles. Glitter. Everything's <laughs> colorful. And actually, that would be really cool. Yeah. We should do that. It's kind of like people are really into the onion lately. Like, oh, the they've onion. They've always ha- been into the onion. But when things are bad, people are really into stuff like that because they need to laugh at how ridiculous things are. Right. And the so, onion has been brilliant this week. I don't know if you saw it with the Senate um, not voting for gun yeah, that's background that checks. Background. I don't understand this. I know. I, Max Bacchus. Hello. He's in trouble. Uh, yeah, he's in a lot of trouble because that sets a, that sets him up to lose to Schweitzer in a primary. Right. Because Schweitzer would go, yeah, you need to have a background check. You can have a gun if you're not psychotic. Yeah, shut up. And he would yell at the NRA, which Bacchus right. is just cowering to the NRA. So right. Which Anywho, is bizarre. yes, I think that people would like the UNN because it's kind of like onion or whatever. It's like yeah. distracting people from yeah, how the, ugly the, the article are. they had about the Senate thing was, you know, the the child victims of next week would like to thank the Senate for not passing the bill. It's like, ah. yeah. <sighs> All right, so my do we butt's have any starting good news? to hurt. What, what are we at time wise? We're at one oh five. Okay, my butt's hurting. Let's wrap it up. What are we gonna talk about? What's coming for you? Uh, I have no idea. Next week is almost empty. Yeah? Yeah. That's I was thinking that I wanted to go get cupcakes for all of the people in the House and the Senate, but only but sit, deliver cupcakes to everybody that voted for SB 107 mm-hmm. and deliver empty cupcake holders to everybody that didn't. <laughs> and at the bottom it says, this is what inequality feels like. What is it? How could you do that? Just deliver cupcakes to them. Like you directly make, to the person? No, you make the pages do it. That's what they're there for. So last session, when, when when this went down, and it was such a horrible day, and it was right at Easter, um, Bryce and Ellie were both tweeting, you know, the, the bill has gone down. We're never going to see it. Da, 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 da. The, they couldn't even try a blast motion, or they did try, and it failed. And they were like, you know, there's nothing that'll make this day better. I went and got um, Cadbury eggs. And had and went in and I said, This goes to Bryce, mm-hmm. sent to Paige, and this goes to Ellie, sent to Paige, and I had two others that went out. And they were, and Mike Miller got one and someone else. Because mm-hmm. they had voted for it and right. you know, they were stressing out and they were the only ones on Twitter. And so <laughs> all of a sudden Bryce is like, And yet I have a Cadbury egg. My day has improved. <laughs> That's nice. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds like a great plan. I just uh, you know, and we just go in and we go, and you actually have yeah, you actually have to put their names on it because it has to be specifically given. It can't just be a generalized deliver to anyone sort of thing. Right. And uh, it's, I think it'd be fun. But uh, you know, that's how it is. We should do cupcakes to them. Yeah. And just make them suffer. I think you'd be perfect for that. Yeah, and then the ones that, you know, like, send it to Sarah Lasloffy. This is what it feels like to be in- unequal. Right. Happy day, happy day. Jerk. Also, you need to go on a diet. Sarah Lasloffy? I'm kidding. <laughs> she's, oh, she's real thin. Somebody I'm needs kidding. to get her a sandwich. I know, exactly. Ugh. It's All the right. opposite of what I'm saying. So, anyways, we'll figure out a time to do a show in the next couple of weeks. And then we'll figure out what's going on with why you're gone. Right. So we can either dive in or maybe we can record it while you're gone. Do, we, do you have a computer you travel with? No. Well, maybe if I had given you an iPad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Bye.